I'm doing great. It's been a long time since I've seen you. Yeah, man. Ditto, man. I, it, we really need to get together more often. We do. We do. Well, man, we just had a great conversation about our beloved Lions. Started out at 0-1. It's okay. I'm very optimistic on the season. Talked a little power. Now it's time for episode 34. Don't you like the 3-4 defense? Uh, yeah, three four defense is cool. Um, too bad that three four defense couldn't work for us yesterday. Ah, man, stop bringing that up. Uh, well, this is episode thirty four, and it's properly titled "Sports, Sports, and More Sports." So let's jump in. We're gonna try to cover a lot of different things here, but you know, we were talking before we went live, and we said, "What are we gonna? How are we gonna start the show off?" And we was like, I don't know. And we could say we're just gonna do what we do and 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 take care of business, have a conversation. I think that's something that's great about you and I. We can do that very easily. So I want to start the show off with a question from you. From me or for me? For you, I'm sorry. For okay. you. Okay. So this week, week one in the NFL, uh, the NFL decided that they were gonna play two national anthems. Lift every voice. And the national anthem, Star Spangled Banner. Uh, we talked about this briefly at our uh, ten to ten with EHP on when on Thursday that the fans in Kansas City booed. If you were a Kansas City Chiefs player, and there's going to be a string of questions here, if you were a Kansas Kansas City Chief player, how would you feel? A person of color too. How would you feel hearing the fans boo? with you trying to show unity with another team to fight racism and racial injustice. How would you feel with your fan support? Uh, uh, virtually zero. Uh, one of two stadiums that actually allowed people in there, um, into their stadiums during, you know, the opening um, games uh, of week one. And it just, it, to me, that was just absolutely just horrible. It was horrible. Regardless of how you feel about what's going on, it, it is extremely disrespectful. Now, people want to talk about disrespecting the flag and the kneeling and all of this other stuff. Everybody's got the right to their opinion. But this is the thing that we're trying to combat. We're trying to we're trying to have everybody understand that this isn't right if this is supposed to be America. Now, everybody has the right to their opinions. Uh, so to me, it goes well beyond what happened at a football game. You got people running around here with AK-47s, you know, walking down the streets. You know, you've got people, you know, with handguns and stuff like that. You've got people, you know, that are speaking, you know, ill about other races. For them to just simply just keep your mouth closed for a moment of silence or be respectful during the national anthem. Now, people need to get on those people if you really want to know how I feel. 
what what was the point of them booing players? These players, you know, obviously they're being paid a large amount of money. People want to be entertained. I understand that. I can even get to a certain degree where people don't feel that their uh, getaway is being affected by all of these different topics and stuff that a lot of the professional athletes are addressing. But I mean, come on. I mean, it, would it really have hurt so much for you just to keep your mouth shut for you know a couple of moments, you know, just so we can respect everything? So if those same people did that during 9-11, it would be an uproar. Mm. So yes. and 9-11 just passed. So it's it's it, it's crazy that, that people still just don't get it. But I guess over in Kansas City, I guess it's I guess nothing's going on over in KC. I guess everything is flowers and candy. Yep. Yep. Well, here's what's interesting. So I talked to someone, uh, a white guy. Uh, I, I won't say his name just out of respect, um, who told I asked him about what he thought about this. Now, he's a person that says he emphasizes that he gets what the, the conversation is about. He said, and I quote, he understood why the people started booing because it basically went on too long. He felt like they just wanted to get to football. So that tells me that football is more important than the topic. I found that very interesting, but he also said, but I get it. I don't think you do. I don't think anyone who says it's okay for that to happen because people just wanted to get to a game. Well, that's the thing. That's a game. What they were doing was real life. And I think that's a difference. But that leads me to another question. What were your thoughts, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, what were your thoughts about Baker Mayfield? Let's back up a minute. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield, several weeks, month or so ago, he said that he would take a knee during the national anthem. He then came out recently, right before their game, a couple of days before the game, and he said, I've changed my mind. I'm going to stand for the national anthem because if I don't, it would just cause more conversation. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want more conversation? Don't we want to talk about this? So as a person of color, if you were a teammate of Baker Mayfield, how would you feel about that? It depends on if how I knew the guy. Now, Baker Mayfield, if he – well, at least he did kind of backpedal on it and just let people know in advance that he wasn't going to do it because him announcing that and then not re-announcing that he wasn't going to do it, I think that would have received more backlash. Uh, so his reasons are his own. As long as he's not contributing to the problem, then I'm okay with him because that's his choice. Now, had he just not took the knee – and just not said anything, I would have a bigger issue with that. But I think that he was he was well within his right to do so. Uh, Baker Mayfield, smart guy. I, I think that he 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 hopefully his teammates knows where his heart is. And if he's doing stuff behind the scenes, you know, I can't I, I can't get mad at somebody. But you know what? Be a man of your word. Mean what you see and say what you mean. I'm just glad that he had enough respect for the movement to make the announcement that he wasn't going to take any. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we are live uh, right now, the Ear Hustling Podcast, on Facebook Live, on YouTube for the first time, and on Twitch. And just as a quick reminder, in case no one, anyone was not listening 
uh, in our last segment. We are an award-winning show. BS3 Radio has given us an award. Eric, why don't you tell any new listeners what that award is before we continue talking sports, sports, and more sports. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 34 episodes into the Ear Hustling podcast and several EHP 10 at 10s, we've been awarded most versatile podcast. So for those of you who are listening and watching for the first time, we have put on talent shows. Uh, we have talked about sports. We've talked about politics. We've talked about racial tensions. We talked about biracial um, diversity in America. Uh, we've talked finance. We've talked we've talked so many different topics that, that you wouldn't believe. Uh, but of course, why wouldn't we win MVP? Why wouldn't we win most versatile podcast? I don't think anybody does it better than me and you. That's my firm belief. And I'm not bragging. Take a look at our episode starting from episode one. Go on up to episode 33. Finish watching episode 34. Catch all of the EHP uh, 10 for 10 segments. And you will see exactly why we will vote it most versatile podcast. Because it's just your boy, Eric. That's your boy, James. And we are the Ear Hustling Podcast. See, that's why you are the outspoken Eric get one. And I'm just a mild, shy James. James, would you say that you're a God-fearing man? I would. Okay, I've never known you to lie before. What, what is all that crap you're just spewing right now? You're, you're what? Well, if I'm being honest, I fear shame more than I fear God. Well, you know what? You you should be. <laughs> because big ups to our executive producer who's just coming off of the um, coming off of the appendix surgery. I'm telling you, she's got the healing power of Wolverine. I'm telling you. That's what I, I said, man. I am married to Wolverine. I, I still would have been in a hospital. <laughs> she did yesterday. She just ran a marathon. Did she? No, I'm just kidding. She didn't. But I wouldn't but, have been surprised. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But let's get back. Let's, while we're talking about Baker, let's get back on that for a second. Baker got his ass whooped. Let's call it what it is. The Ravens, they ran all up and down. The field on the Cleveland Browns went in 38 to 6. So that was not much of a game. But there were some really good games yesterday, Eric. You know, we came out on the short end, but that Chicago Detroit, as a football fan, that Detroit Chicago game was good. Chicago came away with that 27 to 23 win. Um, Packers, Vikings was high scoring. Yeah. Are you offensive guy or defensive guy? What do you like seeing in a game? You know what? I like seeing defense. So were you a fan in that 43 to 34 final Packers over Vikings? It was entertaining. Um, I just personally don't see how, I mean, they were lighting up the scoreboard like it was a game of Madden. <laughs> so, so, but you know what? Take into account that we had Aaron Rodgers and then, you know, Kirk Cousins is, is under, it's underrated. I wouldn't say that he's a top tier quarterback, but he's definitely in that mid tier. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that all of the Kirk Cousins questions now should be should be put to rest that Kirk Cousins can got an offense. Um, a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers getting old. Hey, is Rodgers going to be getting out of there, you know, drafting his replacement, blah, 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 blah. All Aaron Rodgers do is he just balls out. He's been hurt the last couple of years. So a healthy Aaron Rodgers is still a top five quarterback to me. Because uh, mm -hmm. now you've got – uh, folks like uh, Jackson and Mahomes, they basically are taking a play out of the Aaron Rodgers playbook. So they're like Aaron Rodgers 2.0. Aaron Rodgers is the original mobile quarterback with the big arm clutch. 
Well, a lot of people saying he was playing motivated too with uh with the Packers going out drafting Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he came out to show them why he still is the guy. So I think he definitely made a statement. That's for sure. Uh, would you say that uh, Trubisky made a statement uh, yesterday with Nick Foles breathing down his neck? Do you think that he's at least bought himself a couple of weeks of um of why are we starting this guy? I mean, they were taking heat when they let uh, Daniel, their backup quarterback, they were taking heat when they let him go to Detroit. So here's my question. First of all, or here's my statement of that. Mitchell Trubisky owns the Lions the last few games. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. He's having a career against the Lions. So it, that's one thing. The other thing is he did beat out Nick Foles for the starting job. So if he was that bad, and I think he is, and if Nick Foles was that good, and I don't think he is, wouldn't Nick Foles have, have beaten him out um, for the job? Some people say if there was a preseason, maybe he would have. Well, you see, here's the thing about that. He's a high draft pick, and then, yeah, they brought Nick Foles in as a free agent. So you almost have to play your high draft picks when they're a quarterback. So you have to give them the opportunity to develop and to get chemistry. And this is what year three, I believe, that he has been in the league now. So I think that they know what they're going to get from Nick Foles. They're trying to see if they're going to get more than what they expected from Travinsky. So that's why I think he started. But you know what? I don't think you have to play him. Like you said, it is year three. Uh, Can I bring your attention to the Arizona Cardinals and one Josh Rosen? He was drafted in the first round. The second year, he was sent packing. He was. I mean, he was still a work in progress, and Rosen was is a decent quarterback. Um, But when you get where's he playing now? Oh, he's not. That's right. Well, he still he still got paid. But we'll we'll talk about that. People who get paid for sitting on their butts. We'll talk about that another day. But. I mean, different situations. I mean, you got Kyle Murray sitting over there on a the draft board. What are you going to do? I mean, people um, – I forgot what team he, would, team he was traded to, but I believe he was traded, right? Yeah, he was. He went to Miami, didn't he? Right. Yeah, I think he went to Miami, and I think he still may be on Miami's roster. I, just I think be. they cut him. Really? I think they did. You know what? If you can, look that up real quick. Um, but talking about players making their debut and all of that good fun stuff, Teddy Bridgewater made his debut as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers and unfortunately came up on the short end of the stick. Las Vegas won in their – that still seems so weird. Las Vegas Raiders won 34-30. to 30. I was thinking yesterday, Eric, and, and, you know, you're a little bit older than me, so you definitely can relate to this if I cannot remember it. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, and I've got – wow, okay. Join Tampa Bay. Josh Rosen is in Tampa Bay? Yes, he is. Hmm, interesting. So the Raiders, think about this. Just in a few short years, I remember when they started out in L.A. With, when I started watching football, that's where they played. They then went to Oakland. They went back, went back to L.A. Now they're in Vegas. This team has moved more times than a little bit. They moved more times than me and you. <laughs> hey, that's true. That's true. Uh, I know we're getting to uh, – your favorite person that had a debut, but we're going to hold off a little bit longer. Why? Cam Newton. Don't you want to save the best for last, sir? Well, absolutely. There you go. So Cam Newton made his debut with the New England Patriots in in a victorious way, beating the Miami Dolphins 21-11. to 
Yeah. Uh, I think he he looked pretty good in, in that New England uh, uniform. What did you think? He did look pretty good in the New England uniform. Um, you know, Belichick is a genius. Uh, everybody was thinking, oh, they're gonna look, I had absolutely every confidence that the Patriots are probably going to come out between 10 to 12 wins, probably win their division. Because let's face it, Buffalo, you know, they're up and coming. Uh, the Jets, well, why are we even talking about the Jets and the Dolphins? Mm-hmm. And I think New England... What, what 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 do you got to say? I think you know what. So I agree. I think New England is going to win the division, but I think Miami might surprise some people if they're play if they can stay healthy. They made some big moves this offseason. Okay, I still have every confidence that the Patriots coaching, learning the strengths of your players. That's Belichick's forte, mm-hmm. taking the best of what you have and just accenting on your strengths. So if you're a fast guy, you know what? A lot of people would send a fast guy deep. You know what? If you're fast going straight, you're fast. If you make that cut and you're going like horizontal, like running slants and stuff like that, bam. You know what? Let's go ahead and accent this person's talent in a way that nobody thought about. That's what goes on with Bill Belichick. A lot of people, yeah, you know Cam Newton's there, but when you see the New England Patriots, you're not associating New England with a mobile quarterback. Look at how many – look at how many – Rushing attempts Cam Newton had, right? Cam Newton had two uh, touchdowns uh, rushing. So that's like a different wrinkle. Next week, he probably won't even design a rush at all. He's probably just going to wind up passing him to death. So Belichick understands who Cam Newton is. He understands Cam Newton is more than a one-dimensional person. That's why a few years ago he won the MVP. So I'm very excited to see the new New England Patriots still run a rough shot over the division. It's like 20 years. It ain't no big deal. You know what? As long as Belichick is there, I trust that the train's going to keep moving. I will say this: if they did not sign Cam Newton, and if they would have went with the quarterbacks that they had, they would not have won the division. It would have been all Buffalo. Buffalo it would have been their division to win. But of course, let's be honest too: Buffalo would have found a way to freaking fumble that and mess that up. And who knows? Maybe Miami would have snuck in there. Or New England would have won by default as well. Well, so in other words, are you trying to say that the Buffalo Bills are the AFC's version of the Detroit Lions? They are. They are. And they are the bad news bears. And yet we're we're in the same boat that our buddy Patrick is like a diehard Buffalo Bill fan. So actually, I think it's worth they went to the Super Bowl for four straight years and lost four straight times. So you know what? At least the Lions can say that we've never blown four Super Bowl appearances in a row. That's true. That's true. So that should count for something. Well, it, it definitely should. And I'm pretty sure Patrick is probably going to respond once he gets wind of this. Don't care. No, not at all. Not at all. I give no shits. Um, <laughs> let's give some love to some of our BS3 radio compadres. Mm-hmm. So we got the the um, the the one podcast that loves the Eagles. They love the Eagles. Well, guess what? The Eagles started out so hot and so strong yesterday, 17-0, and the Washington football team. The Washington, oh, my goodness. That was a great game. They came back with 27 unanswered points. What is up with that? Where did Philly's defense go? Did they, like, like take a COVID break or something? What happened? I think they went on and got some Philly cheesesteaks. And and probably just got a little full. And then just was wind up with a little slow, but big ups to Ron Rivera. Um, he, he had the Washington Football Club 
looking pretty good. And actually, I was kind of digging the um, the redesigning of the helmets. I wasn't a big fan of the numbers, but I really liked the uh, like the candy apple uh, colored helmets that they had. I was feeling hmm. that. Well, speaking of BS3 Radio, let's talk about the godfather of, of podcasts, Mr. Ben Sutter, <sighs> owner, operator of BS3 Radio, our fearless leader. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about his Dallas Cowboys. You they came what? up a little short yesterday against the Rams, 20 to 17. How about them, Cowboys? How about them, sir? How about them? You know what? As you know, Ben and I had a little bit of back and forth concerning the Dallas Cowboys. And even though that the Lions lost, it is with great pleasure that the Cowboys did not win. So <laughs> he can't talk. He can't talk junk. Obviously, I can't talk junk because well, the Lions just flat out just blew it. So he probably will have some input. But I am so pleased that the Dallas Cowboys did not win. I hope they go 0-16. <laughs> well, here's the question. Who's going to get the first win, Dallas or Detroit? Dallas got the Falcons next at home, and we go to Green Bay. So I think Dallas might have the edge on that one. They might get their win first. I would lean towards the uh, Cowboys beating the Falcons because if you just go talent for talent, uh, the Cowboys – Actually, I think the Cowboys probably had a little bit more talent, honestly, than the uh, than the Rams did. So, but hey, we'll see. I'm thinking that the Cowboys will beat the Falcons. I don't think it's going to be close. Really, I don't think it's going to be close. I think that it's going to be like 35 to 14, Dallas. Wow. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta pulls it off. They they actually their defense did well. Um, uh oh someone's got an interesting sports question for us so go ahead and ask away and we'll 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 answer if we can All i'm right. sure we'll, we'll say something but anyway <laughs> uh one more game to talk about mm-hmm. uh just in the debut joe burrow number one pick cincinnati Bengals came up short against the los angeles chargers that still sound weird to say 16 to 13. so joe actually played a pretty decent game um uh, but he felt came up a little short. So, and then, so do you want to talk about the goat, sir, or do you want to talk about the two games tonight? We can talk about all of them. First, we'll talk about Tom Brady. Uh, know that you know Tom came up a little short against the um, against the New Orleans Saints. You know, Drew Brees and that offense was clicking on all cylinders. Uh, the pay uh, the Patriots, excuse me, the Buccaneers are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Tom just needs to get familiar with his receivers, uh, with his running backs, familiar with the offense as far as games eight situations. By week four, we're going to be looking at Tom, TB, Six Rings, Brady. Mm. All right. Well, um, I, I'm not worried about them at all. I, I'm really not. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a great year. I think Tampa Bay is definitely going to be uh, competing for not just on paper – they shouldn't just be compete, competing for a playoff spot. They should be competing for uh, the division. So we'll we'll see. I, I fully agree. Uh, so tonight, Monday Night Football, actually 12 minutes ago, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers kicked off against the New York Football Giants. Mm-hmm. And tonight at 1020, the Titans go on the road to play the Broncos. I'll be honest, I'm not really um, interested in the, in the last game, but – I wouldn't mind checking out a, a little bit of that Pittsburgh um, uh, giant game. 
Pittsburgh against the Giants. Man, um, Saquon Barkley, pretty sweet. Um, ben Roethlisberger, anxious to see how he's going to look, whether or not he's going to return to the old Ben Roethlisberger. But, hey, you know what? I'm not going to spend too much time on that because I definitely see that we have a question um, over here in front of us. So I do want to get to that because that's actually a very good question. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and read that question. Uh, Dark Sage 9117 asks, on Twitch, we got our first Twitch question. Shout out to Twitch. Obviously, COVID is affecting every aspect of life, even sports today, and there is no timetable on when it will subside. I have to say not having fans around is strange, but is this going to be the new norm for sports today? Even if a vaccine is found and fans can come back, how can we be sure people will follow the proper protocols to ensure that sports can continue? You know, I, I, I have to say this, Eric. Um, I think it's going to come to a point where people, I'm not going to say they're not going to care, but they're not going to care. I think people are just going to be like, you know what? We'll get through it, especially when the vaccine comes out. I think people are going to still wear their mask. I think people are going to be responsible. I hope at least. But I think people are going to have the, the mindset, kind of what Kirk Cousins said. I'm going to change it up a little bit. Kirk Cousins said, if you didn't hear he said, if I die, I die. Uh, I don't think people are going to take to that extreme, but I think people are going to say, you know what, if I catch it, I catch it. I'll just get the vaccination, kind of like the flu. Every year we have flu season. I'm not minimizing the flu to, or I'm not minimizing COVID to be the flu. I'm not. But what I'm saying is every year the flu, I don't know if you've ever had the flu, but it is horrible. You feel absolutely horrible with the flu. But we don't do really anything any different when it's flu season. We live life. We do what we do. If we get fl the flu, we just we just handle it. I think people will get like that with COVID once a vaccine comes about. Uh, Dark Sage has more to say, but I want to hear what you got to say about it uh, before we say what else he says. You know what? That's a really good question. It's also a very tough question to answer, too could almost look at the way that the NCAA took the approach by letting the conferences decide whether they were going to play or not. So some schools are going through like the extra measures, not going to have a season, make sure that you protect the players, make sure that you protect the students. You know, this is sports. We know that it's a lot of money in it, but we value life. That's more important. Other conferences was like, well, look, this is generating revenue. This is giving kids an opportunity to make a better life for themselves if they go to the next level. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to go take the chance and we're going to play. So it's almost like me and you stepping outside. I don't wear a mask. You do. So it's like you're rolling the dice. You're rolling the dice either way. So I just think that um, it, it may wind up being a new norm, at least, you know, for this year, possibly next year, depending on the severity of what happens this winter because we are going to go through the first full winter with COVID-19. And a lot of the experts are predicting that COVID is going to wind up being worse now than it was on its outset because it happened more in the spring and not the winter. So really what we're about to go through this season, this, this winter season, that's going to be the telltale sign on whether or not sports are going to resume, you know, with fans participating. Yeah, I think, um, I think once again, I think stadiums are going to start allowing fans to come in at a certain point. When yeah. will it be this year? Probably not. I, I don't expect fans at all this year, but I think uh, 2021, I think we'll start seeing fans getting back in the stadiums. 
will it be full houses? I don't know. Um, but I, I do believe, I do believe that we will get back to a, what we knew to be normal. Um, but yeah, definitely. Great question, Dark Sage. Appreciate it. Answer me this. Answer me this. I was looking at the Kansas City game, and I thought that people were going to be spread out. Now, there were about ten to 15,000 people that were in the stadiums, but did you notice how everybody was kind of clustered together? I never did get a chance to see any highlights from that. So okay. I, I, I watched the game from the start, and you would have like 10 or 12 people that were grouped up together. Some people were wearing masks. Some people were not. So my thing is, is that they weren't even exercising social distancing at the games. So – <laughs> you know what? If you're going to let the folks in, hell, um, at least have some protocol. You know, hey, you know what? Unless it's like a parent with like their child, you can't have people clustered up like that because that's pretty much just going to kill it, you know, for everybody else if there winds up being a huge outbreak in the stadiums that allow fans. Right. All right. Well, it's definitely interesting, man. I mean, this nobody could have uh, expected the life we live today. Nobody could have seen this coming. You know, nobody. Uh, I'll be honest, and you you know this, Eric, uh, as well. When COVID first started hitting stateside, we had a, a planned trip in April. Uh, our annual brocation, we we're going to go uh, to the mountains of North Georgia, watch the NFL draft, a bunch of guys, going to have some, some great time. Uh, and when it first hit stateside, the thing that I kept saying was, oh, it's going to pass. You know, I, I knew it was serious. But it's like, it's not going to go that long. That was back in like February, March. Here we are in September and and we really still haven't had much change. You know, I think we've gone through, I hope we've gone through the worst of it, but we shall see. But once again, Dark Sage, great question. Thanks for, for asking. Um, everyone, take a look at the banner down below. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on IG. Follow us in, in all those places. Um, let's let's move over to let's stay with football, Eric. But let's move over to the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Did you hear? Now, now before I ask you that, didn't haven't you asked the question? Why is the SEC able to play football? Why is the ACC? Why is the Big Twelve able able to play, but the Pac twelve and the Big Ten cannot? Have you asked yourself that question? No, but I figured that they were, well, hopefully doing it for the best interest of their student population, because um, there's a lot of things that were going for them to play in football. They're going to have to quarantine and isolate the coaching staff, you know, the players. There's a lot of stuff that's going into playing football in the middle of a pandemic. So I figured a Big Ten was like, well, you know what? We just don't want to go through it. So you know what I found interesting? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. That's all I have to say. Go ahead. You know what I find found interesting about that? is we're going to shut down. We're not going to play fall sports. We're going to try to come back uh, in the spring. First of all, that was a horrible idea to try to come back in the spring. There's no way, shape, or form you should try to play college football um, in the spring. Uh, as a fan, I would love to see it. But uh, as a player, there ain't no way I would participate, especially if I had aspirations of going to the NFL and I was possibly in my final year. Um, like Justin Fields at the Ohio State University. I would not play awesome. if I was him. <laughs> I would not play spring football if I was him. Um, but all that being said, what I found interesting was um, 
our beloved Michigan Wolverines. We want to play. We want to play. Season gets canceled. The Big Ten releases who voted which way. 11 to 3. 11 schools said don't play. And Michigan was one of those. So I question who was it that said who was able to cast the vote? Because Jim Harbaugh was was very adamant saying he wanted to play. Is it the school's president? Is the athletic director? Who is it? Any idea? I'm not sure. I'm guessing it probably probably wouldn't be on the athletic director. It probably went to the school president. That sounds about right, but it's it's interesting how they really wasn't on the same page, or at least maybe Jim Harbaugh was just blowing smoke. Maybe he was just making some noise and uh, he's a player's coach. I mean, Harbaugh is a smart guy. Harbaugh knows what to do in order to keep his team behind him. So on the out, yeah, we should play. I can't believe they're doing this. Like, no, man, I don't think we really should play. I think that we should, like, you know, kill this season. Um, because I know that the coaches um, from the University of Michigan, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, all of them took a 10% pay cut. But, I mean, crap. You know what? If it's a 10% pay cut and you're making – you know, tens of millions of dollars during the lifetime of your contract, pretty sure that he can make up that 10% pay cut with endorsement. So it's really not affecting um, Harbaugh. Um, he still has a job. He's still getting paid, you know, even though for the pandemic, I'm pretty sure that um, other than him getting fired, there was a clause that he and the other coaches are going to get their salary unless they're separated from their position. Mm. So, you know, it's about money, but, you know, let's be realistic. Um, I think the president made or whoever made the decision, I believe that they made the right decision for the health of not only the student athletes, but the student body in general. Well, you've heard the latest that what? the Big Ten is getting ready to revote and they can start as early as October 17th. Because mm -hmm, they saw Notre Dame running around. Yeah, I know. I know. They were thought that they could handle it. Now it's like, well, maybe we made a mistake. Well, maybe we can pull this off. So I don't know if they were doing a wait and see approach, but. What did they do for the national championship? Well, so that's what um, Ryan Day, head coach of the Ohio State University, that's something he said. He said he feels horrible that his boys are not going to be able to play for a national championship. Mm -hmm. um, if they played spring, they surely wouldn't have played for a national championship. If they start on October 17th, I heard that they're considering an eight-game schedule. Uh, so they would be able to get enough games in before that that uh, December uh, selections show. So they still would be eligible. But I, I found it interesting that they canceled so soon. I also found it interesting that they canceled and so many other conferences elected to play. So um, we'll see. Well, we're, we'll see what happens, I guess, at football, uh, professional football, uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. Uh, we've seen the U.S. Open. We've seen the Kentucky Derby. We've seen all of these sporting events that happened. I guess they're figuring, well, you know what? I personally think that it would have been a better idea to put a pause on it. But I can understand that there's a lot of money that's involved and there's a lot of livelihoods, you know, that are on the line for that, too. But my personal opinion, as big of a sports fan as I am, from a safety standpoint, I think it would have been better to postpone this stuff because we still don't know everything we need to know about COVID. Right. Right. I, I can't agree more. Um, you know, I look at look at UGA, um, their starting quarterback quarterback that was supposed to uh, start this year. Jamie Newman, he transferred over from uh, Wake Forest. He was actually uh, projected to be the starter. 
and first scrambling quarterback that we would that UGA would have had in in quite some time, if probably if ever. And he elected not to play, you know. So he came over here to get into a system in the pro uh, style form, uh, pro style system, so he can up his draft stock, you know. And now he's not able to play. Um, but anyway, uh, we got a statement here. Alicia said that would be a season with an asterisk for almost all the sports. And, and I agree, Alicia. You know, uh, I think especially if you know, it depends on what you're talking about. Uh, I do believe that the NBA championships, NBA finals should have an asterisk next to this championship. I do. Um, home court advantage. It means absolutely nothing. If you have a NCAA and Eric, I want to hear what you got to say on this. Mm-hmm. If you have the NCAA um, that plays for a college BCS championship, but you don't have the Big Ten or the Pac-12 participating, I think that is a huge asterisk. You know, I really do. So what are your thoughts on that, Eric? You know what? It Look, if there's enough people to make it competitive and entertaining, okay, yeah, it, it'll be an asterisk on there. But you know what? Let's take a look at some of the asterisks in sports. Pete Rose, all-time leading hitter for the um, um, for Major League Baseball, not in the Hall of Fame. There's an asterisk because he bet on baseball. That still doesn't take away from the fact that he is still the all-time leading hits uh, producer in Major League Baseball. In my opinion, when the Detroit Pistons played the San Antonio Spurs and the Pistons got robbed because of a crooked referee, Tim Delaney, the San Antonio Spurs won a tramp, uh, championship. You know what? It's still the championship. I don't think anybody's really going to give a damn whether there's an asterisk there or not. If they won a championship, they're going to talk about it and they're going to celebrate it. So if there's enough teams to make it competitive, then they should do it. But you got the power five that's competing for the BCS championship when mm-hmm. 40% of the schools not even competing, that's a huge asterisk in my well, opinion, but, but you're right. Whoever win it is going to be holding that trophy up and they're going to be extremely excited. If they're going to have banners and all this other good stuff, but 40% of the teams ain't going to be there. If we stay in the world we live in today. Well, but 60% of the teams are, though, so the majority rule. So, yeah, you said it's the Power Five Conference. Um, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, not there, but all of the other ones are. You know, that could op- potentially open up, um, like, the uh, independent schools that normally wouldn't have had a chance to play for the uh, national championship. But, um, hey, money is, is out there. So they would rather roll with most of the horses than none of the horses. So I think that that's the NCAA's position on that. So, and Alicia also adds, as you can see here, shortening seasons and not enough uh, competition. The funny thing about shortening the season, Alicia, what I say about that is it almost don't matter in the SEC. Who do they play in non-conference schedule anyway? So only people they really play is in conference because, you know, Alabama, they get that that cupcake schedule. They play Citadel and and Austin P and they're they're also they're uh, non-conference games so i'm really not concerned about that uh i think the power five should almost be forced to play kind of like in college basketball where they have the acc big 10 challenge mm-hmm. where the top schools play against each other 
I think the the power five should do something like that in football as well. It would make it very competitive. It would, but you know the big thing about the college football seasons, when me and you uh, were growing up, the college football season was like 11 games. Now we're like at, what, 15 games? And then when you count the BCS um, playoffs, so you're looking at a team potentially playing an NFL-style schedule. Um, How do you feel about that? Well, you know what? I'm okay with them having a shorter schedule than NFL. NFL has 16 games schedule, mm-hmm. four games preseason, so that's 20 games. If you make the wild card, you're gonna play in it and go all the way to the Super Bowl. That's an extra four games, so you can play up to uh, what's that? Uh, 16, 24 games. If you play in the Hall of Fame game, that's 25 games. So the most you can play is 25 games. Obviously, in preseason. Your starters, your studs ain't going to play that much, obviously. So I don't think a college should play that many games. Mm-hmm. But playing a 12-game season, I think is totally fine. Uh, and then your one um, conference championship game, 13, and two games potentially to win the national championship, the world we live in today. So 15 games. I don't think nothing's wrong with that. I just say make the quality game, make the quality of the game much better. All right, so you're thinking that the power conferences should schedule at least one game, um, all teams with the power conferences, all things being equal. At least, at least one game. Because you figure, what does the non-conference schedule look like? You know, I think they play like three uh, three uh, non-conference games. Yeah. So at least one of those should be against a, a legit opponent. Okay. You, know, you, you got your Alabamas that always run from that kind of game. You know, they, they occasionally play Michigan or, you know, um, uh, a non-conference game or whatever, but they, they ran it from uh, Michigan State several years ago when Michigan State was pretty good. You know, so I don't know. I think it definitely should should be improved on that. But check this out, Eric. It is 740. We've been going 40 minutes strong about the NFL and NCAA. We might not get to the NHL. Are they playing? Oh, they are. Yeah, um, they, yeah you're funny. <laughs> Sorry. We'll save Major League Baseball for when, uh, when when playoff time comes around. We'll touch on that. But let's touch on the NBA playoffs. Yes. Uh, how about before we get into the playoffs, let's talk about a, a guy that is no longer in the playoffs. How about Giannis unfollowing his teammates and in, in the Milwaukee Bucks on social media? Well, you know, social media is the new thing now. So um, I believe. Didn't something like that happen similar when LeBron James decided he was going to leave uh, Cleveland the first time? Did he unfollow his Cavalier teammates? He, I think he did. I think he did. But did you hear what happened today with Giannis? No. He had a three-hour lunch with the one of the co-owners, uh, and they vowed to spend into the luxury tax to uh, get him a supporting cast. Well, Princeton and I had a conversation about this last night, and we really don't think that Giannis will do much different with a supporting cast. We don't really know if he's the player that we think he is. So it'll be interesting seeing what a supporting cast, but uh, I don't think it really will help his situation. Do you think he's more of a, and no disrespect to Scottie Pippen, do you think he's more Scottie Pippen than Michael Jordan? Most definitely. Most okay. definitely. I think he he's – He's a great player, no doubt about it. I've been a Giannis fan since he came into the league. Mm-hmm. Princeton, not so much. But um, but I think he's definitely more of a, a solid number two 
than the lead man. Uh, and I still would love, and Prince and I agree on this, would still love it if he found his way over to Golden State. I tell you, I actually would love to see him in Dallas. That would be very nice. Alicia makes a great point, say he lacks confidence. I, I think she might be onto something there. You know, I wouldn't say it so much as lack confidence. They think he's confident in himself. He just doesn't have confidence in his teammates. I don't, well, I mean, granted that he did, like, twist his ankle and he wasn't at 100%, but still, I mean, you got to give credit to the Miami Heat. Jimmy Buckets was just like, you know what? I'm the man around here. He took Miami, put it on his back, and he was like, you know what? He was like, as y'all go, I go. So hats off to Jimmy Butler, man. He showed out. He showed out the entire two series that he's played. So if Miami winds up going to the finals and hell, they wind up winning it, you have to give the MVP to Jimmy Butler if he continues to play at the pace that he's playing at. Um, I, I didn't think that Miami would be anywhere close to where they are now. Uh, I didn't think that Toronto would make the run that they made before, you know, coming up against Boston. Definitely don't think, didn't think that Denver was going to uh, take the Clippers to game seven. So there's a lot of surprises. And of course, LeBron gets to sit back and relax. And we all know how I feel about LeBron. <laughs> we do. Well, <laughs> everyone picked the uh, Los Angeles, LA versus LA Western Conference showdown. Not so fast. Denver's like, uh, don't forget about us. Yeah, they've got two all-stars. Uh, they've got Murray and they've got um, uh, Nokic. So, you know what? He's got like a very he, – he reminds me of a more mobile um, Sabonis. Remember I beat a Sabonis? I do. He reminds me of a mobile Sabonis. Okay, yep, Jimmy did find his team. Um, and Pat Riley is sitting back like a fat cat, like I can't believe that I stole Jimmy Butler. <laughs> so, so <laughs> who's coming out the East? You know, initially I – picked Milwaukee um man it's kind of hard to honestly bet against um to bet against Miami right now I know that Boston would be considered a favorite but I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm gonna go with the upset special I'm thinking I'm going with uh LeBron's old team against LeBron's new team so I'm thinking Miami um and the Lakers if the Clippers there's, there's gonna be a an asterisk there if the Clippers survive I think the Clippers will go through uh, the Lakers, but if the Clippers don't, then it's going to be Lakers Heat. So it's going to be Heat Lakers or Heat uh, Clippers because I don't see Denver beating the Lakers. So is it wrong if I say that it's going to be Boston versus LA? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the sexy pick. So why not for like that 20th time in, in, for, in the NBA finals? Why not? Well, I said LA. I didn't say we LA. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So who are so, you? No, no. But seriously, I, I do believe it's going to be the Lakers. I think it's going to be Lakers Celtics. Um, and I'm I'm picking. I'm gonna go with an upset. I'm gonna go with an upset. I think I think Boston's gonna win it this year. You think so? I do. This is my first time saying that. I I always thought it was gonna be a Western Conference team, but I think Boston's gonna pull it off. Okay, that's been very interesting. Hey, you know me, man. I'm anybody but LeBron. <laughs> Anybody but LeBron. Wow. All right. Well, I'm consistent though. You you can't say that I'm not consistent. No, you are. You definitely are consistent. That's for sure. All right, sir. Well, what else you got? Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to Giannis because if Giannis doesn't go back to. Milwaukee, 
a lot of people are saying Golden State. I would like for him to go to the Mavericks. I'd like to see him and Luka together along with uh, Christoph Porzingis. I think that would be a hell of a team. But let's just – Let's just say that he goes to a spot like Mike. I concur with that. No, LeBron. Yes, Alicia. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, my my, my favorite fan. Um, I'm thinking him in Philadelphia. What do you think about Giannis? Mm. Wow. Uh, you know what? Honestly, man, I think I think Philly's got to get rid of Ben Simmons or Joel. If I'm running Philly. It's by Ben Simmons. Really? Uh, yes, I'm definitely keeping Joel over over Ben. Okay. Well, you 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 disagree? Yeah, I actually do. Um, what what is Ty Alicia? Who are you keeping? I'm I'm thinking Joel and B because that attitude, man. I mean, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but he sometimes he just he just doesn't know when to shut up. He's like a stupid Rasheed Wallace. Wait, and you actually dislike someone that doesn't know when to shut up his talent does not equate to somebody who can back up the stuff he talks only person who he dominates is andre drummond he dominates the hell out of andre drummond other than that who else does he dominate <laughs> think about uh philadelphia man marcus all killed him last year in the playoffs mentally physically so when he's up against somebody other than andre drummond he shrinks and, and and what does Ben Simmons bring to your team? I think Ben Simmons has um has a lot of potential. I think Ben Simmons has a lot of potential. I think Joe MB Joel MB is the issue there. I think that you take Ben Simmons, you put Ben Simmons on another team, Ben Simmons is gonna excel. Uh because of the deficiencies of that team, Ben Simmons is asked to do stuff that's not in within his game. So I think that Ben Simmons um would benefit from going somewhere. I mean, don't be surprised if Ben Simmons winds up going to a place um, that needs a point guard. Oh God, please don't let him go to the Lakers. <laughs> so do you keep him at point guard or do you move him to power forward like Philly did this year? I don't know about Penn. He's, his game's never been at power forward. We're talking about a person who's been playing guard their whole life. And then all of a sudden you put him at the four. You put him at the four and he's going to get bullied. Yes, I know he's six, seven. Yes, I know he's got nice size, but he doesn't have that mentality. That's just like if we took, um, let me think, uh, Penny Hardaway was six, seven. What if we took Penny Hardaway and put Penny Hardaway at the four? Do you think that would be a good idea? Uh, no, not oh, at all. So I feel the same way about Ben Simmons. Just because a person is tall, it, it's all about that person's skill set. So like Giannis, Giannis actually could play the two, the three, the four, the five. Um, but do you put him at the two? No, because he doesn't have that type of shooting range. Yeah, he could slash and cut to the basket and do all that other stuff. But no, you don't put Giannis, um, you know, at the two. And I can understand about the small ball and put the best athletes on the floor. I get all of that. But there still needs to be something said about the person's skill set. Mm -hmm. Now, let's. Speaking of skill set, um, let's talk about the situation that's going on in Brooklyn, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. Steve Nash. Oh. Head coach. Now, you obviously have heard what, you know, folks like Stephen A. Smith and Charles Barkley, you know, have weighed in on it. One person is saying, well, you know what? It's not uh, Nash's fault that Nash would be a good candidate. We're not questioning the credentials of a two-time um, MVP. We're not questioning that. Is Steve Nat a proper fit for a team featuring Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? 
And more importantly, would a black man have gotten that opportunity first time out the gate? No coaching experience. Well, you said you're not questioning his credentials. I am. Okay. Um, what has he done? You know, we talked about this this uh, short time ago. Mm-hmm. You got Jason Kidd out there who has been a head coach who is now an assistant coach. Why didn't he get get an opportunity for that role? Now, of course, his season is still going on. I get that. Tyron Lue, he was a head coach. He's now an assistant coach. Nate McMillan. Uh, Mike D'Antonio, he just got, got uh, let go. You know, so it's like it's so many coaches out there that have head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. And the only time that Steve Nash has worn a suit is probably on his wedding day. So it's like, why in the world is he even getting that opportunity? I'm all for people getting an opportunity. Brad Stevens, he never had any sort of NBA coaching experience, but he was a head coach at the college level. So I get that. He has the coaching experience. Does Steve Nash even coach AAU? He should not have that opportunity as a head coach right out the gate. I don't think so. To answer your question, would it – if it was a black man, would he have the same opportunities? You know, of course, there's no way to know that, of course. Uh, but I I probably lean to the side of no, that he, he probably wouldn't. Um, it, it, I don't I don't I don't agree with that pick at all. But why right. did it happen? All right. So answer me this question. Prior to Mark Jackson coaching the Golden State Warriors and I'm. In total agreement, I think, honestly, Mark Jackson should be everybody's first choice as coach, regardless of what the race is, because he made the Splash Brothers what they are. Uh, He coached Steph up. He coached Clay up. um, He just – I'm not even going to say he had the rug pulled up on him. It was just – he just got straight bum effed (laughs) when it it came to that. Um, But Mark Jackson did get an opportunity. Okay, yeah, uh, why hasn't Lambeer made the NBA? I think, honestly, Alicia, I think that was Bill's choice uh, not to go into the NBA. If he wasn't going to coach the Pistons, uh, I don't think that he was going to coach anywhere. So I think that his first NBA opportunity probably should be with the Pistons. Lambeer's got a great pedigree, hell of a coach, championship pedigree uh, as a player and obviously as a coach. Um, I would love to see Bill Lambeer as a coach. for whatever reason, it's never came in conversation. Um, Isaiah Thomas would have been a good candidate. He's got lots of coaching experience. Um, don't know why Lambeer. Uh, maybe that's maybe we can try to get Bill on the show to see whether or not Bill Lambeer would actually be interested in a coaching position with the Pistons or, or any other team for that matter. Chauncey Billups is even uh, I heard his name mentioned for the uh, Indiana Pacers. Right, and that's a that's a great example. Chauncey Billups and Steve Nash, neither one of those gentlemen have any head coaching experience. Um, and and again, I'm not taking anything away from Nash. Nash actually was with the Golden State Warriors uh, for the last few years, um, you know, as a as a shooting instructor. So as far as the head coaching experience, he doesn't. But as far as player development, you see Steve Nash, you know, giving Kevin Durant tips on his shots. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. So there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that was going on with Nash <clears throat> that a lot of people don't know. So Nash knows how to develop players. He knows how to spot areas of improvement. So I'm thinking for that reason, 
And because of the pedigree and the past success of the Golden State Warriors, that's probably why Steve Nash got that job. But the same thing could also be said for Mark Jackson um, and countless of other coaches. You made a comment about D'Antoni. <clears throat> I would stay away from D'Antoni. I would, too. I would absolutely stay away from D'Antoni. If they told me that uh, Mike D'Antoni was coming to the Pistons, <laughs> like, dude, like, no, no, no. Because I could set that offense up. All right, y'all run. Uh, don't play defense, but only when the game's on the line. I don't know how that man still has a job. Well, he doesn't. Well, that's true, but I don't – he'll get another job somewhere. Yeah, he definitely will. He'll, he'll definitely get another job somewhere because he's just enough uh, – his, his brand of basketball is excited enough where people would be excited that he's there. But I think that team was definitely mismanaged. Uh, you got Russell Westbrook and you've got James Harden. Was that, quick. was that heck no that the team was mismanaged? Or heck no about D'Antoni as a coach? I think she's saying heck no as, as for D'Antoni as a coach. Okay. Okay. Very good. I, I, I concur. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, Lambeer was a good choice. What are like some dark horse picks if somebody just kind of what, what about Tayshawn Prince? Um, do you think he would make a good coach? I don't know. You know, he was being considered for a GM role. Right. Uh, supposedly his name um, uh, his name was mentioned uh, for the, the Pistons GM role along with Chauncey, which I was very upset that Chauncey, I would love to see Chauncey back in the Pistons organization. I, I really would. I would love to see him back in the organization. Um, honestly, Joe Dumars, is, isn't he with Sacramento? He is. He's the president of basketball operations in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, so, Alicia said Grant Hill and yes to Tayshawn. Okay. I never thought about Grant Hill, but Grant Hill would actually be a good choice as a GM. I think he'd be a, a great coach, too, to be honest, because he's so fundamentally sound when he was playing basketball in just about all areas. So I don't think that Grant Hill would be a bad pick at all. I agree. I don't think he would be. Um, I think I would pick Grant Hill over Tayshawn. Name um, recognition or just? No, just I, I just I just picture him being a – uh, a better communicator. Mm-hmm. Tayshawn was, he seemed to be, and this is from a, from the, the, the stance. I don't know Tayshawn personally. I've never had any sort of communication with him. He just seems kind of laid back, mild mannered. And I'm not really sure that personality would equate well with players. Uh, whereas Grant Hill, he just seemed like he is uh, a better communicator. So if Tayshawn showed me something different, then, you know, I would have no problem with that. But I just don't see him being a great communicator. He seems too quiet. You know what? Joe Dumar seemed quiet. But do you remember when we were going to the Pistons scrimmages, how Joe D was just lighting up into folks when he was doing stuff that he felt that they shouldn't have been horsing around with? Remember when Flip Saunders was coach? Do you remember that? I do. I okay, do. do you, you remember how Joe D lit up into Rashid and how Rashid kind of straightened out whatever it is that he was doing? So you think Tayshawn's on the same level? You know, it's possible we can't judge a book by its cover. Joe D was never really known as a loud vocal person. He was like the quiet boy of the bad boys. Mm-hmm. But Isaiah Thomas would say Joe Dumars is one of the most fierce competitors that you'd ever want to see. And there's lots of things that he would do uh, in practice that you guys would be surprised that he would do because he didn't do those types of things during the game. So I think from a leadership standpoint, he had to have some leadership credentials because they were considering him 
to be a general manager um, of a of an NBA franchise. So I think that he probably could. Okay. I'm just saying from where I sit, he wouldn't be my first choice. Okay. I wouldn't say hell no to him, but he wouldn't be my first choice. So you think that maybe he's like a, an assistant GM or maybe director of scouting, some sort of position like that for him? He had some sort of front office role with Memphis Okay, when he first uh, retired, So, um, which is interesting, too, because if he had that role then, why has that not equated into any other opportunities also? You know what? That's true. Uh, maybe he's not the first person on, on on radar on people's radars, but you know, there's a lot of people that have positions in NBA organizations that we're not aware of. Like said, so a lot of people didn't know about Nash affiliation with the Golden State Warriors, right? So, which now kind of makes sense when you go, like, well, damn, these guys are shooting the lights out. Nash was a pretty good shooter, you know, fundamentally sound. Um, and then he really, from what I heard, helped out uh, Steph when it comes to uh form and release and stuff like that so you know it makes sense so and i'm pretty sure that before they reached out um to uh steve nash i'm pretty sure that they probably backdoor conversations you know with the coach and staff and all of that other stuff so you know it might be the still of the century when it comes to um to coaching who knows but i do think that mark jackson still should have got that job oh yeah no doubt no doubt so Alicia thinks that uh, Tayshawn is more vocal than we know, and it's definitely possible. So um, most definitely. Alicia, by the way, I love your your profile pick, Chadwick Bozeman, gone too soon, definitely. Yes, definitely. Big ups, you know, kind of forever. <laughs> well, sir, we're up against the hour, man. Uh, that was a very quick hour, but uh, it's definitely been fun. Everyone listening, please go to Facebook like our page, uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. We're all over. We're coming to you live this coming Thursday, thir uh, 10 at 10. I almost said 30 for 30. Uh, 10 <laughs> at 10 with <laughs> <EHP>. Infringement. <laughs> right? 10 at 10 with EHP. Uh, we're bringing in um, um, a special guest who's going to be coming in. Eric, why don't you tell the folks about a little bit about that show? What, the one that's coming up for Thursday? Yes, sir. The one that I'm not going to be there for? No, I'm just kidding. You're here for Thursday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to be talking money with Jen. Uh, so Jen is a very dynamic person. She's got uh, a unique perspective on how to handle money, whether it's couples. Um, really, she's really opened up my eyes about a lot of things financially. Uh, she's got several books that are that are out there, and she's just going to she's just going to shoot it to you straight. She's not going to. Uh, She's not going to sugarcoat anything. She's going to, you know, give you her opinion on the do's and the don'ts of finances. So I always enjoy speaking with Jen um, almost as much as I enjoy speaking with you, James. You're, you're, you're still first, though. But I think I, she's, a, I she, special. She's, a, she's, a, she's a strong 1A, though. But uh, no, we're going to be talking money with Jen. And, um, you know, it's going to be fun. We're going to have some real life conversations, some real life scenarios. And I am definitely looking forward to Thursday. Awesome. And news to come for next Monday's show. You'll be out next Monday. We definitely miss you. I'll pour out a little wine for I'm not going to waste the wine. No. I'll pour out some water pour, for pour, you. Pour, pour, pour. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But definitely news to come on that show. Definitely got some special uh, folks sitting in to, to take your place, sir. Uh, that's going to be a fun show also, but more to come on that. But uh, you can tune in to us every Thursday, 10 at 10 with EHP. 
10 minutes at 10 p.m. Eastern time, Facebook Live, uh, YouTube, Twitch made our debut tonight on there. We'll definitely be returning uh, on Mondays. We have two shows on Mondays at 630. We'll preview or we'll talk about uh, the post game show basically for the Detroit Lions mm -hmm. at 630 Eastern time. And we also will talk about Power Book 2. We'll recap the newest episode of that uh, on Mondays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, also on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And then at 7, we're here on our normal show. Uh, so stay tuned for more information on that. But it's been fun. It's been from our mouths to your ears. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Stay safe, America. <laughs>